Too many entrepreneurs are struggling to seize the unique opportunities available in business today. The Get Clear podcast is here to connect the best people with best tools so that they can reach their business goals. Now, please welcome the host of the Get Clear podcast, John Morrison. Hey folks, welcome to another great session of the Get Clear podcast. My name is John Morrison. I'll be your host today. On this podcast, we are helping entrepreneurs seize the unique opportunities available to help them grow their business. There are so many cool opportunities, so many tools available. This podcast is all about helping you, the entrepreneur, the leader of a business, or whatever you're doing, seize some of those great opportunities. Maybe it's technology, maybe it's some strategy, or maybe it's just a few little hacks that you can use. And every session, we're going to give you some something new, something helpful. And today we're going to talk about websites. What is the purpose of your website? We all know we've got to have them. I mean, not having one is like having business suicide. And having an old one from like when websites first came out is also just as detrimental. So we want you to have great websites, winning websites, websites that work, not just pieces of art that you display or that your web designer displays because they got a degree in uh, in art or they're just really good with fonts and colors, but actually websites that work well for you. And I brought on along a friend. His name's Jonathan Carone. And he's going to chat with me about what the purpose of your website is, how it can be about sales and it can be about connecting. It can be about converting referrals. We're going to talk a little bit about SEO and how does your website work with SEO? Because a lot of people are, you know, kind of intimidated by Google or they obsess about getting ranked in Google and it's a, it's a, it keeps them up at night, right? So how do you balance SEO and, and a clear message and, and having a nice website. And how do you put it all together? That's what we're going to talk about today. It was a lot of fun uh, when we get to that. But I believe a website is critical. It's the front door of your business, right? Before people will pick up the phone, before they'll come to your store, before they'll do anything, they will come to your website just to check you out. And they will judge you based on your website. We are told as kids, like, don't judge a book by its cover, but we all still do it, right? We all judge books by their cover. There might be great books with bad covers. I've never personally read them before. That's my confession. And we judge people all the time by the same, right? We judge them by the clothes that they wear, or how they present themselves. Well, people are judging you and your business by your website. It's your first impression. It's your front lines. And so I want to help you. I want to equip you with some tools, some ideas today. They're going to help you have a winning website to grow your business. You're going to enjoy this conversation. Jonathan is a fun guy and he's really smart. And we just, every time we connect, it's just, I just learn a ton. And I think you will as well. So here's two guys that love websites, that believe in the power of websites, that are having a conversation. So here's my conversation with Jonathan Carone from Carone Designs. I think you're going to like it. Well, hey, folks, I am with the great Jonathan Carone from Carone Designs. Jonathan, it is great to have you as a guest on the Get Clear podcast. Welcome. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Now, you come from just outside of Winston-Salem in, in North Carolina, the pride there of North Carolina. You got your, uh, your marketing company. Tell us a little bit about what you do. So I, uh, I come alongside clients, uh, both businesses, uh, a large church background as well, nonprofits. So any type of business, I don't necessarily niche down. And I help them position themselves as the perfect solution for whatever their clients are facing. Um, so whether it's a business looking to sell something, a church trying to reach people who are dealing with certain things, a nonprofit, whatever it is. Um, the beauty of the story brand framework is that I can work for anybody. And so it's yeah. just nailing down what the, the problems their customer or the people are trying to reach are facing 
and then uh, we position them the right way and they have success. And I do that mainly through websites, but I also have a graphic design background. I'm a graphic designer by, uh, by trade. And so uh, logo design, brand development, those type of things. And then I'm a writer as well. So that um, once we get the website going, um, ongoing email campaigns or whatever it looks like for that client. I advertise the websites mostly. That's what I hook people with. And then once I get that in there, um, it's really whatever the client needs to keep that relationship going. Yeah, yeah I'm glad you mentioned websites because that's how I've always known you as the, the expert when it comes to helping clients. And you're a part of our group, active member. And I appreciate it in the, the, the get, clear biz, uh, get Clear Marketing Get clear in your marketing using the story brand framework Facebook group, <laughs> which is just a terrible name, but that's how we got around uh, some legal, some legal issues. That's how you got away from the cease and desist. <laughs> that's that exactly. That's how I got to keep the, yeah, keep, keep my lights on and the business going. So anyways, we worked on that and I really appreciate the insight that you have with people on helping them with their website. Absolutely. And I, and I know that you're, you have many things, but we're really going to dial in and talk about websites because, uh, I think you have so much to contribute and so much you're going to help. I'm really excited about some of the stuff. We're going to look at how to evaluate your website. Uh, we're going to even uh, get into, is it worth doing some, uh, you know, paying people for SEO work or how can you do your own SEO and just a little bit about your website and SEO. Cause I know in the story brand community, that is attention, right? We, we work with SEO, but we also work with the words and sometimes those two clash a little bit. And I've certainly clashed with enough SEO uh, guru or companies that wanted to go in and, destroy all the great copy that I had put on this site and mm -hmm. just, but I love, I want to love them too. Right. So we're going to work. We're going to talk about that really important tension. All right. One of the things that really impressed me was that you had a campaign that you made $130,000 for your client on a, on a single email campaign. And let's just talk about that. Cause I think mm -hmm. people need to know that that those kind of results are possible. So what did you do? So, um, it's for a company, um, out of Illinois who, um, they sell composting equipment, farming equipment. And so what they do that is one of their, um, I don't want to call it a loss leader, but it's really a, a how to get people in the door is they make this special type of organic compost um, that farmers can use um, both commercially or this, the normal farmer. And so they put these workshops on a few times a year that teaches people how they do that. And their goal is to take that person, the people that go there and convert them to clients to sell their equipment or whatever it might be. And so um, I've done a couple email campaigns for them promoting the workshop and um, the workshop sells out every single time we've sold out um, mm -hmm. the past three of them, um, which is great. And in this last campaign, um, there was barely any lead up. They, they put it together kind of last minute. So we put it out there, it still sold out, but then um, they converted one, per, one of the people from that workshop and uh, that person bought $130,000 worth of equipment from them within like a week nice. of the workshop. So, so they're, it's they're really about getting excited. the right people in to the workshop. Um, so we told people what the workshop was about. We told them how they could help them, got them in, and then their sales team did the job and converted them to what they wanted them to do. And that was just using their existing email email lists, right? Yep. Just just no. marketing out to those people, telling them what they can expect. Which um, We told a couple stories of success in different emails um, of how people have kind of changed their farms and changed their business, um, gotten out of debt. So we were very straightforward, like, here's what you're going to learn. Here's why you need to learn it. And so um, really giving away value and building up value for the, um, for the workshop. And then once they got to the workshop, obviously, um, this one person saw how valuable it was and they bought in right away. And uh, mm -hmm. it's been great. 
So I'm sure your clients were super happy about the amount that they invested in working with you because of the return that you got them. Yeah. And here's the funny thing. I'm, I'm going to jump into a little bit sure. of brand development here too. They also uh, go to, obviously like, like a lot of businesses, they go to trade shows and um, I got an email from them yesterday just asking some questions. And they said that um, of all the trade shows they went to in 2019, there was one they went to in December that their booth looked the worst of all the other ones. But the presentation they gave and the overall thing, we had worked to um, to story brand that presentation to spe- mm-hmm. um, to clarify a little bit of what uh, what the the owner had a 30 minute keynote speech and then some, some Q and a afterwards. So we simplified the Q and a simplified his slides took like really made a lot better. And he said that even though their booth looked the worst of any booth they did last year, the value of getting the presentation the right way, they got more response from that than any other hmm. trade show they'd been to. So hmm. it's just, it's all about getting, getting the messaging right. So that people will connect with it. And you eventually help them with their booth, I'm sure, right? Give them a little design. That's what we're working on now, yep. Okay, good, good, good. Okay, hey, so what what is it about websites, though, that you landed? Obviously, you can do email campaigns, you can do copywriting, design, but you landed as the website expert. Uh, What is it about websites that made you uh, so passionate? Um, (laughs) There's no money in graphic design. um, (laughs) When I actually started my business, uh, I'm in year six now. I just started year six. Um, I left, I was, the plan was to do graphic design and, um, about a month or two into it, I had somebody ask me about a website and I had done some WordPress websites before, um, just mm-hmm. for smaller projects. So I was like, yeah, sure. Let's do it. And, um, and that's when I realized that like, there's a market here for websites. And so for probably three, three years or so, I made really nice looking websites. Um, companies would come to me, they pay me. They give me all their content. I take their content and make it into a website. And I realized that after about three years that those websites looked really good, but they weren't creating the business that they should have um, given the money that the companies were investing. And so that's, that's when I found StoryBrand and realized that like it's a combination of yeah. looking great and telling the right word, using the right words. Um, so you were so the guy I, I that t- they make fun of in story brand, right? Like all of us guides are always beating people up, but they had, they make beautiful designs. Looks good. Nice template, nice colors, fonts, pictures, but the overall wording doesn't do anything for anybody. There's no psychology involved. And, and so you found story brand to be a great uh, addition to that or complementing, completing even the work you were doing. Yeah. So the, and the psychology is the piece of it that is that I think, um, I was actually going to use that exact word. Um, but for me, StoryBrain gave me the, the framework and the authority to put what I already thought websites should do into the websites. Mm-hmm. Um, so things that I would try to get clients to do, but they're like, oh, no, we don't need to do that. Um, <laughs> I now had the psychology and the science behind it to say, this is why you need to do it. You should have um, written a book. Why didn't you write a book? It could have been, you know, you could have made your own uh, empire there. That's the story of my life. Why have I not written a book? There's like four of them <laughs> in my head right now. I think, and I'm a, I'm a little different in my approach to websites because I believe that for most businesses, um, obviously there are larger scale businesses that are different than this, but most businesses, your um, the majority of your business is going to come from referrals. Mm-hmm. Uh, my entire business is built on referrals. I do next to no marketing. And so your website, in my mind, has to validate the referral that one of your past clients gave someone. So hmm. you're a great wedding photographer. Obviously your photos 
um, can speak to that. So you need to display those on your website so that when your, your past client refers their new newly engaged friend to you, they can see that. Um, or brilliant. you're a great landscaping company. Um, someone can see your yard. Sure. But they're going to go to your website to validate that referral for a church. Come, Hey, come check out my church. I think, I think this has like 80 or 90% of people are going to look at your website before they come to your church. Mm-hmm. So I look at the website from the eyes of someone who's interested in doing business with you, but you need to close the deal on your website. Yeah. Uh, construction you, companies, I think are the worst for that. Right. Cause they're like, Oh, we got so much business coming in. We got all our work with referrals. And then all of a sudden, uh, well, at least one client came to me and said, you know, our, we got a referral and they looked at our website and we had no online presence. And so we, we lost the job mm-hmm. because they didn't have a website. So now, even if you're referral based, which used to be your excuse for not having a website or doing any kind of online work, getting a digital presence out there. Now, all of a sudden it's like, if you want to keep the referral gravy mm-hmm. train running through, you've got to have a website there so that you can catch those people with some of the, you just maybe even simple information too, right? Like, yep name, phone number, and, uh, you know, email address. It's just to valid, to val- like I said, to validate the referral. That's, that's what I tell everyone. Like hmm. that, that's the point. That's why you invest in a website. And is it worth invest, investing multiple thousands for your business? It might not be. There are great DIY products out there, but to get the words right, that's worth investing in if you can't do it yourself. And a lot of yeah. times that's the hard part. That's good. So, how do how do you build a website? Like what, when you when you work with the client starting with the beginning, um, how do you put all those factors together? Because I know you you really do value the design, and you do value the the messaging. So how does one start with you from the beginning and then work mm-hmm. it, work to a completed project? Yeah, I've got my process. Um, that's one of the things I'm most proud of is that my process is pretty straightforward, and clients tend to um, really enjoy going through it. So we start with um, what I call strategy sessions, and I know in our world. That can mean a thousand different things. But uh, for me, it's a series of two to three phone calls uh, or Zoom calls or whatever. The first one, we build out your brand script. Um, For this podcast, people know what a brand script is. For a lot of clients, they have no clue what a brand script is. So I just call it the messaging framework that we're going to use for the rest of your website. Mm-hmm. Oh, they so say, we oh, good. Help, help us tell our story. You're like, uh, I don't uh, think I'll help you tell your story in a way that people care about. <laughs> yeah, uh, we don't really care about your story on, this, on your website. <laughs> So that's the yeah. first one. And then depending on the company, it can go a couple of different ways. But for, for the most part, the second um, call is building out their uh, site map. What needs to be mm-hmm. on the website? What doesn't need to be on the website? Because so many times we start a project and we don't know exactly what's going. So we, we look at the current site, analyze that, see where they need to go, see what needs to, what can be combined. I just took a church website from 208 pages to 27. Wow. Um, <laughs> It's a lot. So that was, I mean, we spent a lot of time on that sitemap one. So for, for smaller businesses, you might think it, it's not that big of a deal, but I've been to some small web business websites that they've got like 30 something pages when really a lot of that's not getting any views. So I spent some time on the front end to get that right. And then the third call, um, we built out the homepage together. Yep. Um, because I'm a big believer that if I go into a dark room and say, and build a website and then come present it to you and say, here, look at this. Um, a, I have too much ownership of that and it feels like my baby that I created, but mm-hmm. B, the client feels like they're not part of the process. Yeah. And what I've learned is when the client can be part of the process, they have more ownership in it. So they mm-hmm. appreciate the process more and they appreciate the final site. And they feel so, like it's their website rather than hey, some third party built this. Mm-hmm. They kind of, they kind of, they're holding it hostage in a way 
because they're the only ones with the login or the passwords, right? Yep. And so, you know, and you, you want to make changes like, hey, could we change your that website you built for us? But I think you and I are in agreement that you should feel ownership of your site, right? This is totally. your site. We're here yep. to empower you to have a site that you love, right? I think that's an important point you made. And so we'll build out the homepage. Um, I obviously have my um, opinions of what needs to be on the site, but we can do those things a thousand different ways. So I work with the client of like, hey, this is what you want. What if we did it in this way? Or what if we did it in that way? And so um, that's the first three calls. From there, I take the homepage and I build out um, one or two interior page templates, depending on the site. That way we get our fonts right, our colors right. Do you want your buttons rounded or do you want them square? <laughs> like what do you want these certain styles? Because if I were to go and build out a 15-page website and they all had square buttons, but you wanted rounded, you would think the website sucks because it, the buttons were wrong on 15 pages, right. even though it's a quick change. But if we can get that right on the first couple and go mm -hmm. through that, then um, and what I actually do is once I send that to the client, we have what I call a live feedback call. So we'll jump on Zoom. I'll share the screen with them and we'll walk through the changes so they can say, because a lot of times what a client asks for actually is a terrible idea, but they don't realize <laughs> that it's a terrible idea because they can't see it. So I show right. them why it's a terrible idea. And we work to find a solution. So it's building my authority at the same time, but letting them have a piece of it as well. How and do you then, work the uh, balance of you being an expert versus them being your client and you're there to serve them and help yep. them, but you actually are the one that they're, you know, they're paying for your expertise and yet also telling you what they want. Like, you know, they're, they're the authority and rightly so they are. It's their website. Mm -hmm. And then, so then we build out the site. There's a couple of revision processes. Hey, you didn't answer my question. I really am curious about how you deal with that, that balance what, what, of like, you're the expert, oh, you're the client. I really do want to know what you think. Um, about here, here's, I, here's what I say. Um, I totally missed that. Um, <laughs> so I wasn't making a point. I was literally picking your brain. Cause I, I, I tell, I, I tell every client I work with, I will push, but if I disagree with you, I will push back one time. Okay. And if you still want to do it, Right. then that's on you. Okay. Um, yeah. The check is going to clear the bank either way. Yeah. But I owe it to them to give my expert opinion at least once. Yeah. But then at the end of the day, my job is to serve them. So right. the project may not go in my portfolio. The project may not be something I'm <laughs> totally proud of at the end of the day, but if they get what they want, then okay. Um, if you want triangle buttons, then okay, sure. I'm just not going to advertise and, it. You're trying yeah, nope, It's not going <laughs> to, I might take my name off the bottom of it. Um, <laughs> But then at the yeah. end of the project, what I do is I create tutorial videos to um, show people exactly how to use their website on yeah. their website. My goal is for them to never have to call me again. If they need me, I'm always there. But I want to resource them to have ownership of their website so that they can do the things they need to do with it. If they're going to invest in a great website, they deserve to be able to use it themselves. Mm -hmm. And what kind of support do you provide afterwards, Jonathan? So it's basically, I do web hosting. So that it's a... Um, a service I offer, which includes software updates, content backups, malware protection. So that's one of the things I offer. But then I don't really lock people into maintenance retainers. Um, okay. I'm not a big believer in that. And my yep. doorbell just went off. <laughs> no, that was just you having a good idea about what not talk about next. <laughs> oh, maybe I should um, be doing hosting. That's a brilliant idea. <laughs> so, um, but I don't love the mark, the content retainers. Um, right. That's why I set up I do the tutorial video so that clients can do it. But at the same time, I've got a couple of clients who they just say, you know what? It's not worth my time to do this. So mm -hmm. we figure out, okay, it's going to be about five hours a month. So the retainer is going to be this. And they send me what they need and I get it done with them. 
So really, uh, not to cop out and not give a great answer, but it's totally dependent on my job is to serve the client. So whatever makes sense, we'll put together a package and do it together. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. So then the site goes live. You, you know, have a little toast over Zoom, congratulate each other on a job well done. And now it's time to watch the site perform. Uh, one of the things that is always the question you're kind of holding your breath is what's going to happen to the new site on Google? So how do you prevent the site taking a total dip uh, while Google tries to figure out, hey, this is a new site go uh, on here and it's different than the one before. And the temptation is, you know, or, or sometimes the fear is that it's going to drop in ranking. What, how do you deal with that? The only time it really drops in ranking is if you have a ton of dead links. And right. so I make sure our um, either our sitemap looks the same with our URLs or we have redirects from the old URLs to the new ones. Other than that, um, I might do some basic on-site SEO. I submit the site to Google through um, Search Console, but I don't really do much other, other than that, and I haven't had any complaints yet. Okay, which brings up our next topic is what do you, what do, you do when you're, you know, someone comes up to you and says, hey, this guy contacted me, said, you know, I'm ranked fourth in Google. I'm losing all this business. I could be ranked uh, first or even second. You know, he could... He could do it for me. He's only going to charge me $700 a month for the rest of my life. And uh, he's going to do SEO so that we could get that number, that coveted number one position. Uh, what do you uh, tell them? And then here we are opening up the big SEO can of worms here. Yep. And there's going to be people mad at me for this. There's going to be people who cheer me on. So, but this is where I have landed. I think for most businesses, investing a ton of money in SEO is a waste of money. The reason I say that is because we are fully in a pay for play model from Google. Um, if you search most search terms, there's going to be about 15 uh, topics or 15 results that come up on the front page. Of those 15, the first three are going to be ads. Mm-hmm. Um, the last two are going to be ads. So you're now down to 10. Of those 10, anywhere from four to six or seven are going to be some type of aggregate site, whether it's Yelp right. or Thumbtack, the top 10, whatever you search for in your area. Um, yeah. My best rated Yelp. Yeah. Rate my MD, all those, all yep. those aggregate sites. Yeah. Google puts a ton of stock into those things. And then you might have three to five things that organically rank on their own. And those likely I did the, I did a test for this for a catering company yeah. in Chattanooga. They were trying to get ranked more on the homepage on the first page of Google. And the three things on there had Chattanooga or catering Chattanooga in their URL or business name. You're yeah. not going to beat that. But you know what? They were running Google ads. So they were the second thing on the page. Mm -hmm. So instead of running X amount of dollars per month on SEO, just keep running the Google ads. Mm -hmm. They're going to be right there. I think there's some basics you can do. A Google, my business page is huge. Submitting your site to Google search console. That's huge. Setting up some basic keywords so that Google can find you. If you're on WordPress using the Yoast plugin, that's great. But unless you're going to be producing consistent content like weekly, then I wouldn't spend a ton of money on it. It's just, I don't think you're going to get a huge result. The other thing you can invest in um, that I, that I tell clients is Google really prefers rankings and reviews. So if you have a product of some sort, or if you have a, whatever, if you can entice people to give you reviews on Google or Facebook, that's going to help your SEO without having to spend a ton of money. Um, mm-hmm. so the catering company had a storefront. We, we had them give away a banana pudding or a brownie to anyone who put in a Google review or a Facebook review. 
And that's just a look, it's a couple dollars that they're spending to get all these great reviews, uh, which is so much easier than spending a couple hundred dollars <laughs> every month to try to get things ranking. Yeah. One of the things that I would just add to the, this topic, which I'm very interested in because I deal with a lot of people in, in healthcare, particularly a lot of chiropractors and that coveted first page on Google is so important, right? I mean, I, I remember talking to one guy, he said, you know, there's like 15 chiropractors in our, in our little town here and I'm ranked 30th somehow. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's clearly a problem. So there are some things that you can do to just to play by Google's rules, right? There's some yes. very low lying fruit, like, yes, use Google search console, have no broken dead links, right? Those are, those are important. And then, you know, put your keywords in there, make your Google, my business page, uh, look, look good and connect well, you know, all those little, just really easy things that you could do in about 15 minutes. Yeah. I'm not against best practices. No, I'm I'm sure you're not. Do the best practices, but I don't, I'm not a huge fan of investing a monthly charge in SEO. Yeah. The $700 a month guru, right. Who's you're wondering what, what could you possibly be doing over six months? You know, you've charged us 40, $4,200 and slowly our ranking has gone up. But what, what are you doing for the, all that time, right? Usually it's just waiting on Google to figure it out. Meanwhile, we're, we're writing you checks every, every time right. for, for some really easy, easy steps. Now, there are other things that we could probably talk about, like citations and stuff outside of your site, but that's beyond the scope, I think, of our conversation here. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Jonathan, one of the things I like about you, you're a no-nonsense guy. That's why we have fun uh, conversations <laughs> together. You have a 20-point audit of does my... Why does my website suck? And if, <laughs> I should call can, it that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just kind of, you know, made my own uh, descriptor of it. But that's basically it, right? You mm-hmm. can, I, I mean, website shaming is a real thing. And people often feel like, yeah, my website's not what it could be. But what are some of the 20 points? Just, I mean, we don't have time yeah. to go through them all. But what are some of the things that you would go through so that people could evaluate uh, their site? Or somebody... Um, you know, if they design websites for a living, right? What, what would help them is, uh, with some of their clients, maybe even uh, for an audit? So I, there's five categories, 20 points, five categories. There's site identity, company information, content, strength, navigation, and graphic design. Okay. So the first, I'll just go through all 20 questions. Under site identity, prominently display your company name and logo. Is that on there? You'd be surprised <laughs> how many people don't have that there or in a way that's confusing or their logo is tiny. Or there's a tagline that's, that makes it hard to read. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. There's, there's all true. sorts of things that can make that harder than it should be. Or it's in the upper right corner instead of the left corner. Unfortunately, right. people know to look in the upper left corner. So when you're trying to be cool right. and edgy in the right corner, it's not going to be as effective as uh, in the left corner. I like that um, you started nice and easy, but I guess it, you know, it's not, it, maybe it's not as clear for some people. So. Yep. Include a specific call to action that moves the customer to action. We know this. How often do websites not have a buy now button mm-hmm. or something easy for them, for the people to do? A lot of times people try to, don't want to sell in salesy, but you're trying to sell them something. So you got to tell them to yeah. buy. Mm-hmm. Um, include a solution-oriented headline that emphasizes your unique value and the promise you offer from the visitor's point of view with words your visitors would use. Welcome to our business is not a good headline on your website <laughs> or some industry specific word isn't going to help. Those are the three questions in that section. I'll, I'll keep going through this. Under company information, include an about us page with company information. I think that like, I know StoryBrand doesn't love the about page. I think for customers, they kind of want to see who you are, but it's got to be written in a way that serves the client, doesn't just, isn't just telling your life story. Second most visited page 
by far all the time, right? It's always yep. the homepage first and then the about page like consistently. So yeah, you're right. Here's a question for you. This is one that people bat around all the time. Do you write the about page from the first person or the third person? I know what you're going to say, but uh, go ahead. I want to hear it again. I think it depends. It totally depends on the way you're positioning yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a solopreneur or if you are a, um, a small business, a one, a one person shop, or you're built around a personality, then first person. I actually, for the longest time, tr- my business page was written from the third person because I wanted to appear bigger than I was. I wanted uh, people to think that I was a, um, a more established company than I actually was. So it was a little bit of um, trick writing, but then I realized that the reason people were coming to me was because of me. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't because I was some big agency. And so a good the- counselor will help you get over that, won't he? <laughs> <laughs> help you get over that little complex there. Yeah. No, I get um, it. I totally get it. And you've made a per you you've made an you've intentionally not gone that direction with your business, right? I, I know you've said it before. Like I mm-hmm. I want to stay just me. I like lifestyle. I like how I can, you know, set my company up and, and provide yep. that kind of one-on-one I, service for your clients. I've made the decision. Like it's, I will grow as big as I can grow myself. And then when I need, when I have other needs, I'll, I have so many friends in this business that do great things that I can yeah. outsource when needed if, if I need partners. So I'd rather partner with people than build a big agency. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's make my so prices no, down. Yeah. And so you don't even pretend to do that on your website. It's just, Hey, this is who I am. Yep. Writing from the first person, it's personal. People are won over uh, by your personality, you know, stuff like that on, on your about page. That's the hope. Yeah. 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 Um, that's the hope. Yeah. That's the hope for all of us. That's right. <laughs> we'll see if it what's, works. What's not to love, right, Jonathan? I, uh, I like him, but hey, there's go a ahead. lot. Uh, again, that's the counseling. <laughs> we'll, ask, we'll ask your wife. We'll ask your wife. <laughs> <laughs> um, just to blow through some of these points uh, real quick. Sure. Provide a plan for how you'll help guide the customer to solve their problem. Uh, make it easy to contact you and get started. You will be surprised how many people make it hard to contact you. They either don't have a phone number on there or like I get not putting your phone number on the website. I don't have mine on mine, but I have an email me button. I have a schedule a call. I have contact forms. I make it as easy mm-hmm. as possible. Yeah. Um, under content strength, give visitors enough information to help them understand what you do without overwhelming them. Use customer focused language that explains your, the unique benefits of your product and services. Use benefit-rich bullets and short paragraphs to make the content easy to scan. No one is going to read every word on your website. I don't care how much mm-hmm. time you spent or how much money you spent on it. No one's reading right. every word. So you have to format yeah. it in a way that's easy to scan. Mm-hmm. Um, provide new and fresh content that serves the user's need and gives them a reason to come back. I'm ter- My website, I don't do this. Um, yeah. But if you want people to show up having a blog or having some type of resources to get them to come back. I have a captivating resource to capture emails for lead generation purposes. My guess people who are watching this or listening to this, they've read story brands. So they know what a lead gen is. Uh, there's not a yeah. ton of stuff there. Navigation, make sure your primary nav is no more than three or four options includes a clear call to action on this one. A lot of people get in the way of putting every option in their main navigation. Right. And what I tell them is um, there's never been a choose your own adventure novel, make the New York times bestselling list <laughs> because it's not a great story. And yeah. so people want us to tell them where they need us, where we need them to go. Um, so right. simplifying your navigation. How do you, how do you take something out of your navigation and not have the page get completely lost in the ether? Right. So you, you have a good page. You think it's going to do some convincing of somebody and yet it's not in your nav. Where are people going to find it? There's a couple ways to do it. Um, obviously you have the footer. Um, a lot of my sites, I'll put every page down in the footer. Okay. Um, so that people can see that, but also, um, 
you can use submenus once you get in a page. So right. like if you have a services page, you could then put another menu inside that services page that has all the other services. But the goal is you take them, it's literally taking them down the funnel. Mm-hmm. And the longer you keep them on your site, the better chance you're going to convert them. Mm-hmm. So um, to allow them to be convinced and convinced and convinced to keep clicking, that's what I the way I do that. And the better SEO juice you get, right? The longer they stay on your site. Too. Yep. So absolutely. Uh, make sure your navigation is easily accessible and usable on mobile devices. Um, you'd be surprised how many people it's not easy. Group similar items together in your navigation. Here's one. Use standard naming convention. Home, about us, contact us. Don't use made up or clever words for button names. <laughs> um, yeah, right. In the church world, we're, we're terrible at that. Uh, it's like um, believe, belong, become. <laughs> or connect yeah. some, like all these things it's like yeah there's these ways no, that has a clue what that is all about right it's yeah. insider language right yeah yep and then on the design portion um this is where a lot of people go wrong optimize graphics to web appropriate sizes because large files uh, files slow down your page and annoy visitors and yeah. rank terrible on google use photo that relate to the content and they're not solely to decorations i did a website for an insurance company and they had the downtown skyline as their landing area on their website. Are you selling insurance? Or are you selling corporate real estate? He's selling the, the whole city, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> or commercial real estate. Limit fonts to two or three maximum. Mm-hmm. Too many fonts make it hard to read. You, again, <laughs> yeah, yeah. this isn't a MySpace page or a GeoCities website from 1998. <laughs> um, that's so is the yeah, one, one font for your headlines, one font for the paragraph text. That's yep. all you need, right? Yeah, yeah make sure they complement each other and they're easy to read. Yeah. Um, is the design in line with current trends? That's a moving standard. So you can't have a website forever. The mm-hmm. same it's got a, you got it's a growing and living organism. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally websites that load slowly do not get viewed and are looked at negatively by search engines. Does the website load quickly? Right. And I have some tools to, to see what that like pingdom or Google um, site speed. There's some things yeah. in there. And then basically what I, for every one of those, I give a summary and a suggested solution. And at the end of it, we have your overall grade and then suggested solutions and describe the site in one sentence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. That's great. I think that would help a lot of people. And if we'll post a link to it or something, if you have it, I know people yeah. can sign up for that uh, with you if they schedule a call with you, right? Yep. You'll do uh, some sort of audit with them. And uh, if they're not quite ready to schedule a call with you, you also have another resource available for free, the five most common marketing mistakes and why so many people make them. Tell us about that resource and why it might be important for somebody listening. Because there's a lot you can do in your marketing on your own. Marketing is not this super specialized, hard to understand thing, mm-hmm. but it is something that has a couple trends, some trends that everyone makes a mistake. There is some psychology that goes into it and there's some science that's in it that if you don't study it, you don't know any better. So the, the PDF that you can have is just, um, it's the five things most people do and then why they do it. And um, there's some solutions to how to fix that. And you can, you could read that, make some changes to the content on your website right away and you should be having better success cool. from there. Fantastic. Well, Jonathan Carone, it has been a pleasure always, as always, to talk to you. And thank you so much for your time. It's Jonathan Carone from Carone Designs. Jonathan, anything else that we are forgetting that uh, you might want to finish off? Not that I know of. I mean, it's just... Okay. We, we talked about it all. We covered it all. We, we hit a lot. Awesome. All right. Coronedesigns.com is where you can find so much of uh, Jonathan's resources and you can just, uh, you know, interact with Jonathan as well through that website. And uh, anyways, Jonathan, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure to have you. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. 
If you need help getting a clear message for your business, or you need a website you truly love, visit getclear.ca. If you liked what you heard today, please leave an honest review on whatever platform you're using to listen. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Get Clear Podcast. We look forward to sharing another great episode coming up soon.